Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Mark Tovar, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yes, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Every time I'm around you, I get energized. I, I, you, you, you get me laughing. I already told you, I think you have a hidden talent in uh, stand-up comedy. Um, but I'm excited about the principles that we're going to talk about today. You are a counselor, a therapist, yes. doing some incredible work. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to showcase your journey and tell people what you do so people have an idea of what happens behind the scenes. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So I want to start with your, a little bit of your, bio, your biography. You, we have, um, you have Central Michigan University for your Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology and broadcasting yes. in 1998. Yes. Then you went on and you said, you know what? My bachelor's isn't enough. I want some more. You said... You had your master's of arts degree in professional counseling mm-hmm. um, from also Central Michigan in mm-hmm. 2001. Correct. And then you did PhD work at UTSA in counseling and supervision education. Yes, yes, that was another part of the journey. Yes, and then you and then over your your lifetime, you have 20 years in higher education and mental health agencies, working with ages six to 60. Yeah, I've kind of. Uh, run the gamut as far as mental health is concerned. Um, done everything from mild adjustment disorder to crisis work. Um, worked in jails and prisons for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, did Had private practice early in my career as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the point in the career now, in my 40s, where I can kind of um, open up my own practice. All right. And kind of uh, run things the way that I think they need to be done, given the expert amount of care to my clients that I mm-hmm. think they deserve. Mm-hmm. So the name of your, so make sure everybody knows that's listening. The name of your practice is? Is Real Counseling Incorporated. Real Counseling. I love the word real. Yes. You know, so Real Counseling Incorporated, and your tagline is? Uh, you guide, we guide, you thrive. Oof. That's I right. like that. That's right. I like that. Any good therapist should be only a guide. We don't have all the answers, mm-hmm. but hopefully we have a specific skill set that allows us to kind of have you in and have you be able to speak your journey and we have tools to help you grow yes. in that process. Yes. So tell me, why did you decide to start your own counseling practice? Okay. Uh, m- most people probably don't know that counseling is really full of a lot of paperwork mm-hmm. and red tape. Uh, It's often the case that there are high case volumes, Mm -hmm. um, and that puts most therapists in an eight-hour day seeing eight clients. Mm -hmm. So if you're working on the agency circuit, as we call it, there's not a whole bunch of time Mm -hmm. to serve the client the way that you perhaps would like to, you know, doing uh, expert treatment plans, giving Mm -hmm. them more time. Uh, being able to see to the needs that they have on a more individual basis. I I think we still do a really good job, but I wanted to have something where I could serve in a greater capacity for more individual need. Yes. And so that's kind of why I opened up Real Counseling Incorporated. Also, as a helper, I can tell you that if you be a therapist, if you be a first responder, if you're an executive if you're a director, if you're an educator, all of those um, careers that deal with interacting mm-hmm. with the public right. on a daily basis, uh, those people give a lot of emotional energy mm-hmm. um, 
and they often neglect self-care for themselves because wow. their goal is to help and serve others mm -hmm. and they sort of lose themselves right in the process and sometimes in those positions you are supposed to be the guy with all the answers or the person with all of the solutions right and then so you're not thinking about yourself with well what solutions do i need or what support do i need right because if you're in a leadership position a lot of people assume that if they don't have the immediate answer that somehow that means weakness mm -hmm. and they don't want to be perceived as not i don't think any of us want to go to work and not be perceived as the top of our game right uh, so they learn very early not to ask for help and to just kind of figure it out. Read the next self-help book, mm -hmm. uh, you know, go to the next conference. Watch a YouTube video, podcast, which, 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 which are good. Right. Fantastic. But for some of people, it's always good to kind of have that check-in. Mm -hmm. And so Real Counseling Incorporated was really established to take care of those who take care of others. Yes. You know, bringing that that piece to be like, you know, we need we need help. We need guidance. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and I, I learn a tremendous amount from the people mm -hmm. that I serve. Sure. So it is a two way street. Right. Uh, and at this point in my career, it's really good to be able to sit down with somebody for an hour and have that kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. That's really growth on on both ends. Yes. Now, you mentioned this phrase, the agency circuits. Mm hmm. Tell me more about that. So if people are tuning in, they, they have no idea what that is. What, is that, what does that mean? Um, shed some light on that okay. one. Okay. For, for most people who enter the health, the mental health arena, be you a social worker, psychologist, counselor, when they start out, it's very much the case that a lot of them gain their experience through large agencies that are nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, serve a large need, as you know, uh, or maybe maybe the audience doesn't know. There, there's always a great need for mental health services. Uh, sure. So, uh, the jobs of these agencies, uh, nonprofit or otherwise, is to serve the public, mm -hmm. and in so doing, they're hit with a lot of clients, and that that means that us as beginning therapists, or even mid level. Um, tend to cut our teeth, as it were, mm -hmm. in those agencies, which means it's a high turnover rate sometimes for therapists. Got it. Uh, there's a lot of historical uh, mental health needs mm -hmm. for the clientele because a lot of times they don't have places to go. They may not have good insurance. We're talking about the clients, mm -hmm. right? So... It, it does a lot of good for a therapist to, to learn those skills and to be able to work in those high need areas. Sure. Uh, but what it also does is it teaches therapists very early that you know you're going to see this that you're going to see this client for 50 minutes and then you're going to get ready for your next client coming in wow. in 10 minutes. So please make sure you have all of your case notes done and get ready for the next. One, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you never really know what the issue is coming through that door. So as you as you get training in that, you begin to think that that's the way mm -hmm. things are supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine the uh, amount of uh, repetitive stress that sure. could be visited upon somebody who has to deal with hours upon hours, of, much like a teacher, a counselor, again, a first responder, all of those those professions that are really forced to deal with um, crises and folks and just high level uh, mm -hmm. intense emotion. Mm -hmm. So you're, you were inspired, I guess you were motivated by seeing 
maybe and correct me if I'm wrong. It's seeing this system that was in place, but you the phrase I heard you use was you wanted to serve in a greater way. Yes. Um, with your own practice, because you saw the current system, you thought there were some um, maybe weaknesses or there are some shortcomings in the system. And then when you wanted to start your own to have a greater impact, what did you what do you mean by that? Well, a lot of these agencies are run by a, you know, directors or executive uh, boards or things. And then they set the policy. And a lot of times it's out of their control because there are certain mandates that they may have to meet for funding. Or whatever. I don't. I don't have those. Sure. Uh, those regulations on me. I also don't take insurance. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, they're like, "Well, why? You know, why would you not take insurance?" Well, that that means that you have to play a whole separate game with. You know, the insurance companies would then tell me how many sessions I get to see you, and oh, then oh wow, right? And so based on what your diagnosis is. Then they tell me, well, you could see Derek for two sessions mm-hmm. because that's what we say. And then they cut a certain amount of that and give that to the therapist. So the, there's, I just have a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and bringing my experience of what I've learned, uh, I'm able to design treatment plans on my schedule. I can do online counseling, yes, uh, which is something that is, is really valuable for a lot of my clientele who right. may have time to come, uh, you know, I can I can implement programs or planning presentations on the needs of my population yes. that I serve, and I don't have to ask anybody to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no box that I have to check, yes. or, or somebody's okay that maybe you know they want to do that next week. It's up to me, mm-hmm. and uh, at this point, that's just a very gratifying thing to yes. know that if there's something to be changed in that system, and then my client needs a certain level of attention. Or maybe they just need an extra text message over the weekend, sure. whatever that is. Um, I, I'm able to provide uh, that kind of care. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm hearing is the independence that it gives you, the freedom that it gives you to be able to best take care of people as you see fit. And you know, you, your experience at that at that level of connecting with people and the hour, the thousands of hours that you put in to have the credentials that you have, um, you you get get a feel, you know, you get this intuition for learning what's best for this person versus somebody telling you from the outside who's not involved in a situation trying to impose their regulations. Right, right. It just gives you that that area to be. Now, the other thing is that you, you hold a little more responsibility, right? Because if, if you're not astute at what you're doing, that client is working with you. And it may not, here, here's the thing. People often think of therapy as, well, I have to have a major issue or a diagnosis. Sure. Or it, you really don't have to have that. There's a lot of business owners that I work with mm-hmm. that just want, they want a better mental health wellness in their workplace. Yes. You know, there's no therapy that has to go on with that generally. That made me, me just coming in, viewing their, their workspace, maybe talking to some people and maybe thinking about ways that we can just improve the overall mental health mm-hmm. of that area because good mental health is a public health concern. Yes. Spot on. Let me ask you about the beginnings. Mm-hmm. So what inspired you to become a therapist? For me, I was lucky in the fact that I always knew I liked people. Mm-hmm. 
And I think if you can start with that premise to be like, I, I was chatty mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, and people, they humored me. They were, you know, they would talk to me and they, we would discuss things. And I always kind of had that curiosity about, well, I wonder why this person is, mm-hmm. you know, why are they going to go see that movie or what? Is, and I would ask and there beget a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was just always really comfortable talking with people about whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky. Yes. Right. Not everybody gets that. There was just really good interactions with people that I thought that were fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I, to this day, even after 20 years, I am still fascinated with each individual story. Yes. And that really, uh, I, I say that I'm lucky enough to have an intimate connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have chosen to share with me truths for them in their lives. Part yes. of that is the counseling relationship is confidential. Mm-hmm. As you know, you know, we're very, um, we take a non-biased or a less biased uh, position mm-hmm. than uh, m- maybe somebody that is closer to you would do on right, an emotional right. connection. And we've really been taught the tools to listen. Mm-hmm. And, and that just opens up a whole part of people. Yes. Because they don't often get a chance to do that. Right. Uh, I mean, when I think about it is... In regular interactions, we use filters, these social filters. What's socially appropriate for me to share with you based on our interaction, based on our relationship? And if it's not socially appropriate, but I'm still battling with this challenge or this stress or this problem, but it's socially inappropriate, so I won't bring it up. Right. But you could have all types of filters on all these other relationships, but what happens in, from the little bit I understand about therapy is you get a chance to have this connection with your clientele where those filters are removed. Yes. Yes, we actually, you know, our, our offices are set up to do that for you to come in, to feel comfortable, to say this is a this is a place where you can share what you need to share. And everybody has stresses. I don't care. I've never met anybody who's perfectly mentally adjusted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, people are always worried uh, that, you know, well, if I say this to the therapist, they'll think that I'm a certain kind of. Sure. And it's like, you know, we're all just human mm-hmm. trying to make it. Right, right. So uh, that is uh, something that I'm able to really set my, my people at ease with, to be mm. like, this is, not, this is not impress your therapist day. Sure, right, I, right. I, I'm, I'm, not here, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to take, you know, there's no assessment. Right, right. This is whatever courage you have enough to share in this space. Yes. Um, can only be good right for us both i love that i love that you know what's interesting is i know you and i were messaging back and forth on uh, facebook and to get to set all of this up yep. and then um you had sent me i said hey so send me your bio you know you sent me your resume in the link on facebook messenger and i don't know what p- other people have clicked on along the way but i f- feel like i've seen so many people click on something that leads to a mass message so i just don't click on any like links in facebook messenger and i said hey can you actually email me your resume because i have this i have this thing that i never click on i have some fears there and i i was teasing but there's also some realness and that i have this this problem or this fear of clicking on links inside facebook messenger and i i responded by saying don't psychologize me (laughs) you know (laughs) i i actually you know i think that's smart i think that right now in the place that we're living in the less you click on 
but better. Let me ask you. So what happens in these social situations where people may not know you are a counselor and then they find out for the first time? Do you have the what kind of responses do you see? Uh, they they generally go, oh, wow. <laughs> like, you know, and they ask that, like, are you psychologizing me right now? <laughs> and I'm like, actually, I'm not working mm. at the moment. Like, right. uh, I think there's a big, big misconception that we are always probing. Mm hmm. And I promise you, absolutely promise you that even when we are at the top of our game, we're not trying to figure you out, <laughs> right? It, that is not how this works. It, we work with what you give us. Mm -hmm. And I tell clients all the time, and I have had clients who've come in and maybe the first two sessions have not been real yes. with me. They have um, not told me the truth. And then on the third session, they say, well, I'm, you know, I'm a little ashamed to say that I haven't told you all the truth. And I say, well, this is your time. This is your space. As you be become comfortable, you will mm -hmm. share as you will. Right. So it's not about me digging. Mm -hmm. It's about what you will you know, share. And then the second question they come up with is, well, since you're a therapist, let me ask you this. <laughs> <laughs> and they go into whatever. What do you think about that? You know, when, when they get that comfortability, then they, they want to ask, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm, I'm usually pretty good to oblige. And there have been times where people have asked me what I've done or what I do for a living. And sometimes I may not be as forthcoming with mm. being a therapist because, you know, I'm like, well, I'm in the people business because <laughs> I'm trying to eat my sandwich, sure. you know, and sometimes that may lead to, a, you know, if you're halfway into a bite and you say, you know, I'm a therapist, it could move the conversation mm. and I like anybody else I'm a human being yes and there are times when I've I'm absolutely into work and into service mm -hmm. and then there are times when I just want to eat my sandwich <laughs> 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 so yeah that's kind of how it works I get you mm -hmm. now um what is the most rewarding part of being a counselor I'm, I'm gonna keep this real simple um for me it is that I got it moment that whatever the issue is when I talk to people, you can actually see the growth happen in their face. Wow. Like when they're working through something and they may say something, it might not even be anything I say. That's the thing. They're in this space and they're working through their stuff and they may ask me, oh, you mean like this? Mm. And I just turn and look at them and they're like, ah, it's that light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. that they get yes and I think for me that's just growth so for me the most rewarding part is like pe people think sometimes that therapy has to go on forever it sometimes my modality is two to three sessions it it may take even less than that mm -hmm. for that light bulb to go on and the minute you get it everybody in the room gets it I saw that you got it mm -hmm. you saw that you got it yes and then it's like oh there's like this big release mm -hmm. that like, cause I believe that once the brain sees something, it can't be unseen. Wow. Right. So once you learn that skill, people are like, yeah, I get it. Like mm -hmm. I used to do that. Now I know why. Yes. And it, it, you know, it may not even mean that they, they don't do that anymore, but just the understanding mm -hmm. of why it was that they did that or used that yes. thing. That's everything. Mm -hmm. That is just everything. Mm -hmm. That is the whole point of the work, just to be able to go, they got it. Yes. 
they got it. It has to be one of the most incredible things to ever do, period, is to help people grow. Absolutely. You know, just some, whether it's motivation or it's therapy or it's coaching, just helping people to get from where they are to where they want to be. And that's what people see you, right? Like they, they want support, support with some way, somehow, in going from where they are now to where they want to be. Yep. And that can, I, I love the fact that it can take on so many different avenues. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could work with somebody. Like I said, my business owners, they may just come in and be like, hey, listen, I got this person at work, right? They work for me. And every time I say this, it just doesn't seem like the message is getting through. Mm -hmm. If I could even work with that business owner to be like, you might want to try these ways of being or tell me how you be. Even something that simple, that's growth. Mm -hmm. If somebody is willing to have the courage to come and be like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's, yes. let's figure out how we can do this better. I, to be honest, I just like to be in, it's a little selfish because I like to be in a space where people are seeking growth. Yes. So if I can sit and just be like, all right, here we are. Even this podcast, we are two entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. right? Similar in age. And even before we began this podcast, we shared a whole bunch of tips and tricks and struggles and things that we're going mm -hmm. through. Today is a win. Yes. For me. But we're bonded for life, baby. That, that's right. Because mm -hmm. we're on that same journey. And it's not therapy. Mm -hmm. It's just that encouragement that mm -hmm. says, hey, fellow human. Yes. We're going to make it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you think about that, that's the, the world is sorely missing that mm -hmm. at this moment. We seem to be so tied up in what we're doing mm -hmm. that we aren't making that human connection to be like, wow. You know, people are like, wow, when, when Mark actually said, how are you doing today? He like put his top hand over my hand and like looked in my face for like three seconds because I'm generally concerned with how are you doing? Yes. And then I want you to do this. I want you, when the next time you do that, I want you to, to hold the gaze for three seconds, mm. right? And then look down just for a minute, just to give him that pause so that they can go, oh, he's actually waiting for me to answer. And that will change the mm -hmm. way, that trajectory of that relationship that yes. you have. It's just that human interaction mm -hmm. that is never mistaken. Sure. Let me ask you about, you brought up modality earlier, and I was thinking about the method or the philosophy or core counseling. I know there's a bunch of bunch out there. Is there one that you cling to the most in your practice? Yes, I am. Mostly what I use is, uh, it's called Rational Emotive Behavioral Therapy. It was developed by Albert Ellis, who was a very famous psychologist. Even though we're counselors, we often use a psychology, a lot of social work, um, ju just a lot of different modalities, mm. but this is basically focused on your cognitions, mm -hmm. right? So simple as I can put, a, put it, and I think in the coaching world you can agree because I've seen a lot of the literature that says what you think about is what you'll be about. Yes. Right? So there's a whole bunch of messages that we've learned in our development that contribute to what we think about ourselves, both vocal and unspoken mm -hmm. so my whole goal is to let's examine what it is that you're truly thinking and then if we can just augment those cognitions a little bit then the output should be different so yes. if you want that different result you have to learn to think different thoughts and people think that as a therapist we're going to always talk about feelings mm. right 
And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not a feelings therapist. Mm-hmm. Because feelings are tricky. Feelings are with you, even if they're not rational, they're still there. Sure. Right? So sometimes people can be led astray by what they feel. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, feelings are feelings. What we're going to talk, talk about is what you think. Yes. And why you think what you think. Right. And is that giving you the desired result? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's, it's very much skill based. Like I actually give out worksheets. Mm-hmm. You know, I track progress. We do thought journal. Mm-hmm. Those are things I think that people, a, a lot of people aren't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a lot of analysis that goes into it, but it's analysis in the business sense is that we, we track your results and we have you write out what it is you're thinking and how that leads you to a particular end. Yes. Uh, so that is my particular mode. That's my favorite one. Okay. Because it's very direct. Mm-hmm. It tends to be uh, results oriented. Yes. Um, and it's one that my business folks and most of executives and educators, they like the concreteness mm-hmm. of that. And it works in just about every area. Okay. Let me ask you about your, um, but yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you take care of your own emotional and mental wellness as a counselor? I'm pausing for a moment because I don't want to just give an off-the-cuff mm-hmm. answer. I think for me, humor has been uh, absolutely essential mm-hmm. in being able to take care of myself. Um, And part of that is, again, even as I, as I own this business and I help other professionals mm-hmm. and other, uh, not only working professionals, but other people who help others in every way, they teach me. Right. So uh, I guess the thing is humor and, again, staying open to being able to learn what it is that fulfills you. For me, I was originally a, a Michigan kid. Right. So hockey games are big for me. Mm-hmm. And I know here, you know, when you're in San Antonio, Spurs are the thing. <laughs> that's right? Right, that's everybody, right. Everybody does basketball. Everybody loves the Spurs. And I, I'm, I'm learning to, to, to get into basketball. Smart, smart. Right, right? <laughs> but I still maintain my subscription to center ice and mm-hmm. watch my wings games on the, you know, on the mm-hmm. on the television. I have pets. Um, I, I work. You know, I, I love to just be at home with the pets. I love to read a book. I love to go out and socialize. Yes. Uh, it's those little things. And uh, it's, it's not very counselory. You know, some, some people, I guess, are waiting for me to have some, I don't know, big answer about how I take care of <laughs> It is the small things. It's, for me, it's Starbucks coffee. For me, it's Danish. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the little things, the things that I like. And I, it's funny because when I get that kid glimmer, Right, in right. my eye when I'm, you know, drinking my mocha, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Uh, right. You just, it, it's a very unique thing for you. You really have to key into what is it that brings you the most joy. Yes. And I think it's different for everybody. But to, right. really, to really own it. Right. To say that this is what I like to do. I know it's probably not good for me to eat Danishes and drink. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm putting on a lot more weight. But for me, that's like, oh, yeah, this is, sure. this is good stuff. And f- yeah, that's my thing. And I think when people listen in, I think it's an opportunity to, to hear, right? Because it's one of those, these the old adage, you know, the doctor who says, don't smoke, you know, the, the, the do as I say, not as I do. But then to see a mental health professional or a therapist or a counselor just say, hey, this is what I do. You know, mm-hmm. coffee's part of that plan. Yes. Danish is part of that plan. Yes. Humor is part of that plan. Yes. Socializing is part of that plan. You know, all of these things that we go, oh, 
you know, as far He's as He's like me. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. So, um, but even thinking about our own wellness and going, well, how am I doing pinpointing for me what's great for my mental wellness, right. my emotional wellness. And the thing is, I can't tell you what that is. Mm-hmm. So any therapist who says, well, uh, first of all, we know, we, we can go back to the research, right? And we know sleeping, good. Yes. Healthy diet, <laughs> very good. Exercise, perfectly good, right? So I realize that even the things that bring me the most joy are not always the most, how do you say, um, just healthy things sure. for you to do. But I'm going to own that too. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, yes, I need to get on the treadmill. Right. I know that, you know, but to just be really clear about what it is that you like and what brings you mm-hmm. joy. Yes. What is a challenge most people may not realize in being a counselor? I think there's a certain energy level that mm. you really must I'm only going to speak for me. Sure. I, I can't. I can't really say what the challenge is. For, I'm just going to come from my personal experience. Sure. For, for me, I, I was blessed with a excess of energy. Yes. Right. Clearly. Right. <laughs> First time I met you, I said, I think it was like what five seconds in. I said, Wow, you know this this energy right here. I could vibe with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot, right? So for me, the thing is that when when I go into my counseling mode, there's a certain amount of myself that I must give. Mm-hmm. And it's really not like, I, I just don't think for us, we're not afforded a bad day. If I have a mm. bad day or if I'm off my mark, that could really influence who I'm working with. Sure. So that's the thing is like before I go into office every morning or before I start my sessions, I. That oneness is upon me. This is this is your time to be present. Mm-hmm. And as we know in this society, the one thing it is hard to do is to be present. Yes. So if you would just take that up a notch and be like, now you have to be present for people and their pain and their discomfort. Ooh. Right? Which, again, I think is a privilege. Mm-hmm. I'll be real honest. I think it is a privilege, but it is something that you must constantly be aware of that mm-hmm. you are coming into uh, any kind of uh, level of vulnerability yes. for people and that should not be taken mm-hmm. lightly right uh, and I think if you if you do it wrong I don't think you're gonna be a therapist for very wow long. no but it's I, I think it's fascinating to talk about energy because there are I know I know from a speaker right there's different energy levels I bring to different occasions right so I'm speaking in the corporate world high energy principles that are laced with story to help people with their career, their leadership, their relationships. Speaking in a wedding ceremony, medium energy, not so much principles that help people with their career, but it's about showcasing this love story. Speaking at a funeral, low energy, honoring a legacy and comforting. Mm -hmm. But I'm hearing that with you, what you do with counseling is you're gauging what energy is needed from me and let me be prepared to give it mm-hmm. based on the, the clients and what they need from me and bring that energy with me. Right. And I think that's perfectly said. Mm-hmm. I think that's perfectly said. I, I couldn't say it any mm-hmm. better. So and, and I didn't think it's fascinating because, of course, people are listening that, you know, aren't counselors, aren't speakers, 
but I think it's a great principle of life just to understand um, what energy is needed for me right here, right now with who I'm around. And I, I love also what you said about being present, how relevant of a principle for us. You know, you get, you get caught up in your phone, you get caught up on distractions, but being present with the people and how healing people are just to be around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it does. T I mean, in all, it is a life of service. Let's be honest. To be, yes. to be a counselor, to be a coach, uh, you're, you're in this, hopefully, to serve others. Yes. So I have to be real sensitive to what their needs are. Mm -hmm. And if you do it right, uh, you'll be rewarded. I promise you that because for, for as much as I have to give people, yes. I think that they have returned that mm -hmm. with kindness. Uh, when they say, hey, Mr. Tovar, you know, you really helped me out. You really listened. Mm -hmm. That was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's just the best compliment yes. you could receive from somebody. They really right. trusted you with their whole entire life. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you've done some good. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I yes. agree with that. And, that, you know, that's still something I'm working on, being able to match that energy mm -hmm. when I go into Because I, I rev kind of high. <laughs> you do. <Right? laughs> some people are like, so, for instance, if I go in with somebody who's anxious, mm. I have to, like, I'm excited to be there. I just had, you know, three mochas, <laughs> and I'm ready to go, and they're like, could you just not move your hands quite so much, <laughs> you know, and then that's a good thing, oh, yes, I've forgotten, this is... The anxiety, wow. I need to draw this back, because the, the, room, the, the energy in the room is anxious, and so when mm. I bring excitement to anxiety, wow. not good. So I, li I like that principle. Right? Mm -hmm. So I have to go, you know what, forgive me. I said, I, I've brought the wrong energy this morning. If you will allow me just a second, and what I'll have you do is I'll, we'll put both feet on the floor, and both of us are going to breathe for just, mm, just a minute, just 60 yes. seconds. Let's reset, mm -hmm. let's reboot, and let's come at this a different way. And that's when I know I'm really on my game. I'm yes. like, okay, Mark, you were, you were able to take that, even if the client told you. you know, Like I said, I don't get it right all the time, but if they were willing yes. to say, hey, you know what, Mark, you're a little... Mm -hmm. It's a little much. It looks more like a corporate seminar. <laughs> right, 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 right. You're going to do this. Gonna be right. And they're like, sir, you it took a lot to get out of bed this morning. <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, oh, Mark missed it. Okay. Mm. So I said, okay, I missed it. We're, we're going to go back. Yes. I'm going. And thank you. Thank yes. you for resetting me, for putting me back on. Because how would you know? How, how would you know what they need from your energy level? Right. Now, let me ask you, you brought up, I think, a, great, a few great points there um, in effectiveness. When did you first look at yourself as a counselor and go, wow, I'm effective at this? Like, was it from the beginning or did you? Oh, no. no. <laughs> okay. No. Tell me about it. Um, we go through most, I'm not sure if most people know this, but as a therapist or anybody in clinical training, it's, it's pretty uh, usual uh, in order to be licensed that you have to go through your undergrad. You really don't specialize to your master's work. Mm -hmm. And then after your master's, you have to sit for 3,000 hours. 3,000 hours, hours. Of pretty much face-to-face -face contact with other people in pain while you counsel. But you're kind of on an apprenticeship. Somebody else who's already a counselor or a psychologist or social, depending on what area you're from, watches over you, mm -hmm. signs off on your notes. Mm -hmm. So actually, in those beginning times, you don't feel terribly effective. Well, wow. 
you, you've been trained to kind of monitor yourself and really what you're good at is picking out all the ways in which you shouldn't have said this or you didn't want to do this wow. or you didn't feel like it's effective. So the other 3000 hours, 3000 hours of this, not, not some of that is direct client contact. The other, we teaching you how to write notes, how to respond to the insurance companies, how to mm. you know. but I mean, there is a lot of client to therapist hours where you're kind of learning. And it isn't uncommon for a lot of brand new therapists to be like, ah. you know, I'm, I'm in a lot of chat rooms because I'm a licensed supervisor as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm one of those people who supervises the up and coming therapists. Nice. As they come through, they have to pay us to be able to kind of watch them and then we critique them. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a process. I, I guess it would be like any other profession, uh, what is it? Golding says you have to be, what is it? So many thousands of hours before you consider yourself a professional at anything. Mm, right, 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 right. So it, it is a process. And I think the, f boy, that's a great question. The first time I really felt effective, I think it's an individual thing. And when you see that people are appreciative, yes. Um, and I do ask all of my clients, I said, listen, uh, if this isn't helpful, or if there's something else I could be doing differently, let me know. Mm -hmm. the, the only way I know I'm effective is if my clients and the people that I consult with say, hey, that was good. I learned X, Y, and Z. I'd mm -hmm. like to start that out at the beginning of, of any sort of stuff. You know, there are goals, measurable goals in the beginning that I say, mm -hmm. okay, when you leave here with me, what is it that you'd like to know over the next three sessions? How will we know that it's working? Yes. And they say, they say, okay, well, I'll be doing this. I'll be doing this. I'll be doing this. And then at the end of three sessions, are we doing that? Mm -hmm. If we're not, it may not even be them. Maybe it's something I didn't pick up on. Sure. So that's the other thing too, is that you're, you're trained to be, if you do it right, mm -hmm. you're trained to be like, you know, as a therapist, I really, again, need to be aware of what my clients need. And if yes. they're not getting it, I need to create a space so that they can say, well, next time I'd really like to talk more about this. It seems like Mr. Tovar likes to talk about X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. and maybe the client um, wants to talk about something else. So it's a growth process. I sure. would, you know, after halfway through those 3,000 hours, you start feeling a little more confident right. because you will see repetitive stress, right? People come to you with basically the same eight issues. Wow. Really, they're just dressed up different ways. But I'm gonna tell you this, grief, and suffering is a universal language. Yes. Right? So when I have seen people suffer, the symptomology may look a little different, but there is no doubt you know suffering mm -hmm. when you see suffering. Yes. And there are things that we know in the mental health field that soothe mm -hmm. that suffering. Wow. So it's comforting, right? Mm. We always say trust the process. Mm -hmm. So if I keep going back to the things that I'm taught, that open listening, that empathy, that being able to teach people their self-worth, yes. to be assertive but not aggressive, to speak for what you need, mm -hmm. to tell people when you're struggling, to reach out to those who help you, and then to have somebody who's just like, I'm just here to listen. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to tell you what you think you're mm -hmm. going to do. Let me just teach you how to trust yourself. Wow. Right? And those are the things. It, it sounds real Pollyannish, I know, but there are real ways to put those um, mm -hmm. into into practice. Sure. 
I love the answer. Uh, I love your perspective. Um, I think there's great. I think as you were speaking, I was like, oh man, I can't wait for people to, to hear what you're saying and hear the, hear the principles. And that's, that's what we're doing, right? Because, sure. you know, you know, as a coach, as a counselor, and I know you do uh, coaching as well. Um, the, we want to help people. And that's what the podcast is about. You know, people tuning in, what principles can they hear as we discuss to actually apply to their lives right now? Um, Next question I have for you is, what is one unique challenge you have overcome in being a therapist? One unique challenge. Again, taking a pause. Um, There really are a lot. I think for most therapists, financial has always been their biggest challenge. If I'm wrong, I I stand to be corrected. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of, uh, at least how we're raised, the philosophy of the old school is you do it for the good of the community. Mm -hmm. And that kind of sets up this thing where people don't always pay for mental health services because it is a community-based thing and there are a lot of nonprofits that offer those things for free and thank heavens they do Mm -hmm. but i find that after 20 years in the field of mental health i i walk into a lot of other therapists and we have conversations about it is very hard to sustain um a healthy living because you are working with people that are a lot of times in a uh, position where they may not have a lot of money or not may not have a lot of resources and perhaps that's just the the road that I've traveled but mm-hmm. most of my road has been within the community and working with uh, what they would consider to be marginalized populations the sure. jails populations I've worked a lot with uh, uh, children a drug court and uh, psych- psychiatric facilities I mean they've all taught me a great deal mm-hmm. but it, what it what it does teach me is that we have not come to a point as a society where we value mental health as much as we may value a financial advisor wow. or a, you know, those more transactional services, we are kind of seen as a soft skill. Mm-hmm. So to be able to now speak the language to the new and upcoming therapist mm-hmm. that says, listen, what you do has tremendous value, especially in this society. People yes. must learn to hear each other, to listen, to communicate, and to live authentically. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we have to kind of get into that. It's kind of like the teacher, when the teachers always say, well, we don't do this for the money. You know, we do this to help the kids. And anytime I see a teacher, I say, you know, I appreciate the humbleness. But don't say that. Mm-hmm. Because you don't do it for the money, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be paid more. Mm-hmm. for what you do because to, to make a long-term career out of this you know and to be financially viable um, we have to begin mm-hmm. to really set that up so financially uh, as a therapist I think for most of us it is a challenge there's there's all that schooling that tends to take like I said you, you can only become licensed if you have a master's degree so it it mm-hmm. pretty much guarantees that you're going to get at least a master's sure um, and when you start out as a therapist, you can be paid as little as, you know, in that 3,000 hours, you can be paid as little as $30 an hour mm-hmm. um, by the agency that you're working for because they're providing you clients. So you can imagine that somebody in their 20s or 30s, 
they're still trying to scrape together enough money for things to be uh, solidified. Sure. And so that that for me has always been a um, been a push. And as I as I hope to grow Real Counseling Incorporated, it's incorporated for a reason mm-hmm. because I hope to make an agency out of it. Nice. Uh, that has other people along, and we're going to really focus on taking care of our counselors and clinicians mm-hmm. um, financially as well as emotionally. Nice. And, and I, I know you've mentioned in the past um, the, uh, that I think it goes right along with the financial is um, when it comes to like testimonies, it, I don't think, uh, I, I know you shared that with me, like the limitations in requesting testimonials because of the confidentiality. And with a few other areas you've mentioned before, I think it's relevant because of, I don't think people realize that um, that limitation as far as that ask that other businesses can readily do. Yeah, it's part of most of mental health's um, ethical codes that we are taught and actually we're prevented from going to our clients and having them identify, uh, first of all, their name or Mm -hmm. any services that we provide. There are some therapists who will do that, um, but they leave the name and the age or whatever out. But we are really, really discouraged um, from our, in our ethical codes from soliciting any sort of uh, endorsement by the people that we work with. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I believe that's a, that's, it's, it's good in pr- principle because the belief is that they've come to you in a vulnerable state of some sure. sort and we don't ever want to put them on feeling that they have to, you know, if I'm working with you and I ask you to say something nice about me and you really don't want to, mm-hmm. but you feel like, well, he was my therapist or he is my therapist. And if I don't say something nice about him, what does that say, mm-hmm. right? But the, the, again, this leads to the financial because uh, as as we are now in the business world and trying to make you know that transition to sell our services, we're we're very much limited in terms of uh, I have a like I said a twenty year career of a, a lot of people who've benefited from my services and wouldn't mind saying so have told me have written me mm-hmm. you know I have a lot of um, Hallmark cards and personal emails that I would love the world to yes. be able to look at and just say, look, here's a track record of so-and-so's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, look look at the work Mark has done. Yes. And we are prevented mm-hmm. from that. I don't know if that will change. Sure. I think that is a, a pretty hard rule right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and has been as long as I've... So we have to be very creative in the ways in which we you know, promote ourselves, but we are always uh, confidentiality first and foremost, mm-hmm. yes. is, is the cornerstone of our profession. It's the only re- reason really that our prof- people are willing to share that kind of uh, emotional truth with us mm-hmm. is because they know that we are obligated by law to not share that with anybody unless you are immediate danger to yourself. There are sure. a couple other, um, three or four other instances, and we would go through those you know, for every client that comes right, to the right. door. But generally, uh, this, this means that we don't, we don't discuss that even with the people that we live with at home another mental health professional perhaps but most of us will let you know even before that happens sure to uh, transition what what should people who look for mental health clinicians know before choosing someone mm-hmm. I, I get this question a lot actually on the website probably one of my my biggest uh, questions is 
how do we know what to look for? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you have an LPC, I've seen PhD, there's LMSW, there's PsyD. It's very confusing sure. for the public. And I say, well, at this point in my career, I'm convinced that one particular licensure over the other is not any better or worse. It's really about the connection that you make with people. But please make sure they are licensed mm-hmm. to do this work by their state. And anybody who's licensed um, in the mental health field has to keep up, you know, a cert- it has to be logged sure. by the state. Now, it doesn't mean that because you're licensed, you're the best ever. But it does mean that you have met the minimum qualifications of what that field expects mm-hmm. in terms of care. So I, that's the first thing I say. First of all, make sure that they have some sort of licensure yes. by the state that is, or certification. In your case, as a coach, I don't know if there's any licensure, or, but I do know there's certifications, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there is now a, a licensure for, uh, I think, at least one for coaches. So I would definitely look into that and do, do your research mm-hmm. so that you know what that licensure and certification mm-hmm. entails. Yes. Right. The other thing is I never encourage any of my clients to sign on or anybody else's clients to sign on without, first of all, you talk to them on the phone. And one of your first questions is, I'm dealing with X, whatever that issue is. Tell me about other clients that you've worked with, with X. Mm-hmm. So one of the things is if you say, well, I have anxiety. Do you work with anxiety? The other person could be like, yeah, (laughs) I do that. Tell me how you work with anxiety. Like, I want you to enter into this discussion and don't don't feel intimidated just because they're doctor so-and-so or they have Mm -hmm. a certification. I need you to ask. I have a trouble clicking on the LinkedIn stuff (laughs) when you send it to me on email. Tell me about other people who you've worked with who have fear Mm -hmm. of clicking on links. Sure. And if that person goes, um... I haven't really worked on it, but I'd be willing to. Then your next question should be, do you know somebody Mm. who does? Because all therapists know somebody who specializes in X, Y, Mm. or Z, right? So even if you're not, if I'm not the best person and I go, well, I don't really work with that, but let me, let me give you a number to somebody I think that Mm. does and then call me back and tell me how it goes. Yes. Right? So that should be it. And then the next thing I want you to do is when you go to their first appointment, Ask them this, is it free? First of all, because they should allow you some sort of either phone consultation free or at least the first 15 minutes free because we have to establish, are we feeling each other? Yes. Do we click? Right. Right? So yes, you can get somebody who's an absolute specialist in whatever it is you're doing. And if you get there and think, I'm not sure I'm feeling understood, I'm gonna ask you to pick somebody else. I Mm -hmm. know it's a pain. Right. I know you're like, well, I found this person and it says they take this insurance and that's my insurance and that's what I can afford. I understand, but I need you to pick somebody because what we know in the counseling field is the number one. I'm going to give away the secret. I'm going to do it right here. Yes. All right. The you're number, ready. <laughs> the number one thing that figures out if a client is going to benefit and be helped by this counseling relationship. It's not the theory. It's not the gender of the therapist. Mm. It's not the years of specialty Uh-oh. in the therapist. 
It's the relationship. Oof. So when I can ask somebody, do you think Mark knows what he's doing? Are you guys cool? And they go, yeah, we're vibing. I feel it. <laughs> I'm like, that is healing. Mm-hmm. in the process the number one variable to any healing mm. is do i connect with this individual on a human wow. basis love it do i feel that i have this connection with him is he in it for the right reasons are we are we vibing mm-hmm. right and that's not just my my thought you will look this up in all of the counseling uh and mental health literature that says the major most big important thing is if they feel a connection. Mm-hmm. So you should not be walking into anybody's office long term unless you feel that there's a connection there. And if not, uh, even on my webpage, I have, uh, if, if I'm not the therapist for you, right. you call Real Counseling. We're going to find you All right. who fits mm-hmm. for you. Because I feel like if they've gone ahead and taken that step to be like, I finally feel like I can reach out. Yes, but I can't afford Mark because he doesn't take insurance, and I know he's more expensive. Uh, I have a whole other thing on that too. There's there's ways to work around it, mm-hmm. but if you honestly feel like you need something else, someone else, or there's something, call us. Yes. We're gonna hook you up with somebody who you feel is exactly for what you need because mm-hmm. that's what counseling yes is about. If you have the courage to reach out, we're gonna connect you. All right. Great principles. I'm taking that relationship principle. I'm, I'm preaching that one. I'm teaching that one. I'm any, anybody who give me an audience, I'm going to talk about that one because I think it's such a powerful thing because you can talk about relationships in every avenue of life, right? Every business needs it. Every person needs it. Every team needs it. Every student needs it. This is a relationship principle, but to see what actually is the key variable, what is the common denominator of success in therapy and counseling and it's back to the relationship and it's an it's an all mental health professions psychology social work um i mean it's there and you know what the amazing thing is about the relationship is when it's missing watch how terribly things go wrong how quickly and how consistently things Mm -hmm. don't work out you could have everything else in the world you could have the money to finance the project you could have the people you could have the space you could have wonderful paintings on the wall and if you go into somebody and the people feel like well we're just not connected we don't share the relationship with these people not even the mission and the vision and the values that's secondary to me to the relationship whether they form it within group or with executives or whatever Mm -hmm. there has to be that sense that i belong here yes and if like you it. cannot do that, everything else is going to be an uphill battle until yes. you fix it. Yes. All right. Next question for you. Mm. What are the biggest challenges in mental health today? Uh, that's easy. Access. Mm. There are so many needs for mental health. So many. You can look at any news story and people will be like, yep, people are stressed out. People are financially burdened. Mm -hmm. People are overworked, underslept, you know, connected to their phones on a high level of stress. Everybody could benefit from health care. And that goes with medications and other things. So there simply is not enough there to fill the need Mm -hmm. for mental health. And this is not even talking about historical populations in poor areas, minority populations that have been neglected for not only 
the last 10 years. Let's talk about the last 50, last 100 years. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the stigma then that goes along with this lack of access to services. So if you've got stigma and you have lack of access, uh, and that could be m monetarily, uh, we, are, we are in a mental health crisis. Whether, wow. whether people realize this or not, mm -hmm. um, there are just so many things that cause stress in this current society mm -hmm. that we're really just reaching out any way we can right. to try and get the message out, to offer that hope, to say, hey, there's a place for you to come and there's going to be some free things for you to do. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to take just a little bit of the pressure off. Yes. Anytime I can. So that's one of the reasons I agreed to the podcast, because even if one person one person could hear this and about. be like, all right, listen, man, you know, people are struggling and there's some options. Maybe, maybe I'll try this. Maybe yes. I'll, you know, eat a Danish. Maybe I'll try some, <laughs> maybe I'll try some yoga. Maybe I'll go to one of Mark's free programs that he's going to put on yes. in the community because we are going to do free programming. I like that. We have to. Mm -hmm. The need is just too great. Mm -hmm. I love it. I think you've given us some great principles. Again, uh, send me the links for the free, free things. I'll set, put them on my, on, on, in my content, my social media. That's my commitment to, um, I hear it. I hear it. to help people because it's, it's about relieving stress. People do crazy things when they're stressed. Exactly. And uh, if we can help uh, people to deal with their stress in a healthy way, you know, I mean, uh, some of that I talk about too, with, in coaching, we talk about, you know, a, a simple one is like losing weight. Okay. Oh, they're like, oh, my, my problem is um, uh, French fries your problem isn't french fries it's 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 why do you go to the french fries mm -hmm. well when i'm stressed late at night overwhelmed burdened okay so you go to the french fries when you're stressed out okay so we need a stress plan but i i'm hearing that you're you're being a major part of the problem in the current crisis that you described which is awesome right it's great so to bring it in for a landing mm -hmm. um I want to ask you about your wife. Mm -hmm. Married six years? Six years, coming up uh, September 28th. All right, six got the date down, baby. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I want to know, how did you know you wanted to marry Catherine? Okay, so we do a fair amount of relationship work and counseling too, and I, this is another question that I often get, is how do you know that person is mm, the one? Yes. You know? Mm -hmm. And I say, well, try this on. Imagine, if you will, not having that person in your life. Like you have them now and you may be dating or you may be going on. What would it be like if that person was not present? Mm -hmm. And they go, well, that wouldn't be very good at all. That would be not, you know, I wouldn't want that. So for me, it was, it was really that simple, was the fact that this person in my life adds value, mm -hmm. right? Beyond, beyond more value than than what normal people will put into my mm -hmm. life. This person adds value. Yes. And for me to be, to think about what it would be like to not have that person in my life was not a risk that I was willing to mm -hmm. take. Mm -hmm. So it's funny because as we, as we met each other and as we got into the relationship, it, it escalated quickly. It happened probably within a year and a half. Yeah. And a lot of people were thinking, wow, that's pretty fast. Mm -hmm. We're not sure if that's the right time. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, uh, kindly tell me what exactly is the right time? How much time is enough? Mm -hmm. And they said, we can't tell you that. 
And I said, well, then you shouldn't try. <laughs> mm. So some things don't require, mm-hmm. you know, a whole bunch of extra time sure. when you realize that that person mm-hmm. adds value to your life. Yes. That you simply do not have mm-hmm. in other ways. Yes. And so, and six years in, I can say it's the right decision. All right. The value continues to add. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and also I want to point out that that has to be nurtured, right? As a therapist, I've got to tell you that um, if people are thinking that you get into relationships and that value stays there all the time, mm. you, you got to work. That's right. You got to work. You're going to be visited by many challenges. And so continue to go back to that value. Mm-hmm. And the best way you can do that is to think about not how the relationship is the value, but how yourself you are adding value. Yes. So if I want to know how my relationship is valuable, my number one question should be, what am I doing today mm. to add value yes. to my relationship? Yes. Phenomenal principle. I love that. And I love how you simplified the process of, of or not even the process, but you simplified um, the choosing. It's about value. Does this person add value? And do I want to risk the idea of losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful, beautiful. Well, uh, I think we had a phenomenal conversation. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, for those listening in, I'm here with Mark Tovar of Real Counseling Incorporated. Check his website out. Check him out on Facebook. He has some videos coming out. He has his podcast as well. So check, check, check his content, like it, subscribe to him. Of course, with our podcast here, The Strong Life Coach Podcast, we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Be sure to like the podcast, rate it well, comments. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.